of the Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor, here to help you with your car problems on this Saturday morning. And uh, we have a great show planned for today. In a couple minutes, we're going to be talking to Roger Parent. Roger Parent's a friend of mine I met a few years ago. He's been around radio for a long time, off and on. But uh, he recently went out to Cuba, and I kind of want to talk to him about that. And also, in a little bit, we're going to be talking about some tire safety with some folks from Michelin. And also, I was at the New England Motor Press Association conference at MIT this past Thursday. And I met a guy who is a mobility strategist for Ford. And I spent a couple of minutes with him. And... Uh, pretty interesting guy and we have a little bit of a interview with him coming up and we're going to be we're going to be talking talking about that also the car that got me around for most of the week which is the uh, kia sportage with all-wheel drive so i have a lot of things to talk about today so lots of things going on lots of things to do and they are all coming up in fact with us on the phone if the Radio gods are good to us because the studio here seems to be in somewhat of a disarray, it seems like. Uh, but if all things work well, uh, old pal Roger Parent's with us. Roger! Hey, I am here. Hey, good. Good to know. Um, hey, I said I said early before we put you on the air that people may know you from, you were on BT, you were down at a station in Taunton for a while. You, you're kind of a radio guy who... Isn't really in radio. Not any longer. Yeah. I was uh, on the radio from about 1989 until around 95, uh, from the state of Maine all the way down to WARA in Attleboro, WPP in Taunton, and WBET in Brockton. Now, didn't you own one of those stations, too? Well, the one up in Maine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you got that, you know, if, if people listen carefully, you hear a little uh, a uh, in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you just uh, you just were uh, in a place where uh, where that's starting to get real popular. You just in Cuba recently, right? Absolutely. I had an opportunity to go down there with a friend of mine, and uh, I took it. Uh, yeah, I, I I would certainly do that. And why I wanted to get you on the program is talk about you know you you see a lot about uh, stories about these uh, old American cars that are in Cuba. In fact, somebody you know just as the embargo sort of got lightened up a little bit one of the networks actually came up with a tv show uh i think it was cuban chrome or something and talked about you know a little bit of the car culture down there but what did you see when you were down there for uh for cars i gotta tell you there must be uh you know based on on some of these auctions there must be a hundred million dollars worth of uh uh, antique uh, Tri-5 Chevys and Fords, and they are just absolutely gorgeous. And I've heard that 
I had a guy on the show a, a while back, and we were talking a little bit about Cuba. And he said, yeah, the cars are out there, but it's weird stuff. Like, he said, they can't get brake fluid. So a lot of the cars are using shampoo in the master cylinders because they can't find brake fluid anywhere. <laughs> I didn't see that, but it was very interesting. Um, we had an, a couple of opportunities to go over and talk to people, and, and people were very, very fluent in English, so it was very easy to have conversations with uh, with these guys. Most of these old cars are taxis, and uh, what they do is they basically jack the car up and slide uh, new running gear under them. Most of them had uh, disc brakes, which obviously were not around in uh, the in the late 50s. Mm. And uh, they'll put a complete running gear. I saw a 1955 Chevrolet, which was absolutely to die for. And it was all Mercedes underneath. Wow. Yeah, I was, the, the TV show that I was watching, they they actually had a, and, and I want to say it was maybe like a 50 Chevy, and something about once your car gets approved by the, the local car club, you can become a taxi that can, that can ferry around um, tourists in, in on the island, and all of a sudden then you get paid a different rate, so everybody wants to try to become a certified taxi, but they were putting a, they were putting an engine out of an Oldsmobile Quad 4, you know, one of those weird, you know, multi-valve engines they put in some Oldsmobiles back, you know, 20, 20 years ago, and they were putting it in this 50 Chevy, or 52 Chevy, or whatever it was, and trying to get it all, all these bits and pieces together to make it all work. The engineering was pretty pretty interesting. Oh, these guys are very, very handy. I, I the the uh, Chevy that I was just talking about, the Mercedes engine just completely filled the engine compartment, but they got everything in there, and it looked like it came out of the factory. Wow! You know, every time I hear of somebody, I, I, in fact, it was somebody not that long ago, and it was some sort of Nissan, and I want to say it was a. 300Z or something like that and they brought it someplace to get it fixed and they said it's going to need a front exhaust pipe and they don't make them anymore so I don't know what you're going to do and and then I then I hear about the Cubans that seem to be able to make an engine out of coconuts and, and fish bones <laughs> yeah they, they've, they're they actually very very uh, handy when it comes to this I looked at a lot of the cars obviously I'm a car guy yep. so I, my wife's got about 50 pictures of me crawling under cars and looking in them and many of the old dashboards have been replaced with digital uh, uh, technology and it was I, I only saw one car that with the engine up that was the original and I'd never seen this John maybe you've seen him before but it was a flathead eight from a 1953 Oldsmobile. Yeah, I, you know, I can't say I've ever seen one. Neither have yeah. I. I looked at it and I, I just couldn't believe it. I kept, I countered the the uh, spark plugs because I, I I didn't know what I was seeing. Yeah, no, pretty pretty amazing stuff. And I know uh, one of the TV shows they they showed one of the cars and it had a. I think it had a, a an engine out of a boat in it or something, and and somewhere else I was reading a story about they were um, there was an issue with with uh, gasoline. They couldn't get enough gasoline all the time, but they could get kerosene. So what they were doing is they would start the engine on gasoline, and then they were burning a mixture of gasoline and kerosene. So they had a little tank in the front seat to get the car going, and then they had the uh, this mixture of whatever it was out of the fuel tank to make it run. 
Well, the, uh, you know, I, I, I never saw anything like that, but I, I did ask them what the uh, cost was, and it was around $4 a gallon okay. for, uh, for gasoline down there. Yeah, and as far as, as far as some of these cars, like you said, a lot of them have all-new drivetrains. They basically jack the body up and, and, and put a new drivetrain under it. Uh, how about things like, uh, you know, they're, they're on an island surrounded by salt water. How about rust? It was amazing. Now, some of these had been completely restored, and, um, you know, again, back to that 55 Chevy that I said had the Mercedes in there. I asked him about that, and he said, well, he had redone the car about 11 years ago. And it, it there were a couple of places, if you really, really wanted to kind of look at it with a judge's eye, that were starting to show a little bit of wear and tear. But for a car that age, and, and for a restoration mm. age, it was pretty good. Um, my friend and I drove around in a 1954 um, uh, Ford uh, convertible, which was really kind of cool. We we just took a tour of the city, and it had a, uh, a you know a four speed transmission on the floor, which I don't think they were making in 1954. They were either on the yep. column or um, or starting to use automatic. Yep. So uh, you know. That one was a little less than pristine, but some of them, uh, like any, uh, you know, if you went to an uh, antique car show today, you'd find some that were barely out of a garage uh, in, a, in a barn find, and you'd find some that uh, you could eat off of. Yeah, no, the, the, I remember the TV show that I saw, there was a, they found, they found a, and I want to say it was a 56 Chevy that had been sitting in a garage somewhere and had been missing the intake manifold for years. But the whole car was there, less some, you know, some bigger pieces like the intake manifold and the radiator and things like that. And the it was pretty amazing what the car went for. And, and that was being sold from, you know, one local resident to another. But the the price was a little staggering what it went for. Oh, yeah. They're, they're not cheap. And they know what these things are worth. You know, uh, when you get somebody who spoke very good English, I'd tease them about, gee, I'd like to buy this and send this home. They knew what that car was worth. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, the other thing I noticed watching the TV show, and I don't know if you got into any of the little repair shops where people were doing work, but I saw a welder that looked like it was from the 20s, and then I saw a grinder that was from Harbor Freight. <laughs> it's interesting. I did ask them, I uh, asked the, the driver when we were in the 54 Ford, you know, where do you get parts and, and, and uh, you know, what are you doing about stuff like that? And he had relatives in the U.S. And I guess, the, you know, the embargo has been somewhat lifted. And uh, they, he sends money over in, in small dribs and drabs, and they will buy a part and then send it to him. But, of course, it's very expensive. Yeah, and like every country, I guess, there is people with money, and then there is, because it's a communist country, there is really the the, the state-run housing where people make, what, like $10 a month or something, right? Yeah, it was about $25 a month is what you would be guaranteed if you worked. Mm -hmm. um, if you didn't work, uh, you know, they've, they've kind of figured that out, that, uh, you know, you're not contributing you don't yep. get anything yeah but it was 25 dollars a month for the basics now the the driver that drove us around i asked him about that and he was quite proud to say that he started out in a two-room apartment with him and his wife and his kids and now he was in a four-room apartment because he was making enough money uh driving his uh, 54 ford mm. so there is 
some capitalism that's making its way into uh, Cuba, but uh, not a lot. Yeah, and I guess there's a little bit of, uh, like all countries, a little bit of underground economy because, you know, something like, you, you know, if you needed, you know, oil or transmission fluid or something, you, you, you meet in a back alley somewhere and meet a guy who's got, you know, five quarts of it in a bag. Absolutely. We were going to uh, go see a school. We went on a people-to-people visa where we were uh, supposed to meet people and talk to people, mm. which we did. And one of the places we were going to go to was, was a uh, school. So we bought some school supplies, and we were kind of pumped up about that. My friend's wife is a retired school teacher, And amazingly, at the end of the... We didn't make it there. At the end of the trip, we talked to the tour guide, and she basically said that the the wrong palms were not... Uh, or the right palms were not greased in order to uh, be able to make that visit. So... Hmm. It's uh, it's an interesting uh, situation down there. I guess it's no different than than any place. <laughs> I guess no different than trying to bring the IndyCar race to Boston. They needed 140 permits, and they yeah. still did, and they still didn't have enough. So <laughs> that's true. That yeah. is true. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes the palms are just more official looking than others. I suppose. So I, I think so. Yeah. I was amazed, John. You you'd be surprised. I, I didn't know exactly what I was going to find down there, but. Uh, they are really quite uh, cosmopolitan. They have four-lane highways. They have divided highways. I, I wasn't sure what I was going to find. Obviously, you know, we've, we've sort of got a little bit of a news uh, uh, embargo, too. We yeah. don't you know what's going on. But they, in, in many parts of that country, uh, you're riding down the highway. You wouldn't know that it was much different than uh, riding down uh, 128. Hmm. Oh, that, that's that's interesting, and, and you know, I I talked to somebody one day, and I guess I always think of what we know about Cuba, and they said, well, you have to understand, Cuba was open to everybody else, and you know, there are luxury luxury hotel brands like you know Ibero Star and some of the others that you know build these luxury hotels for you know other parts of the world to come visit. So it isn't it isn't just a Cuba that we think of that nobody's nobody's done any development in the past sixty years. Oh, there were some beautiful hotels down there. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, we were we're also told that if you went to Cuba, you could go to Cuba and you could actually invest there. You would own forty nine percent. The government would own fifty one percent, but you were responsible for one hundred percent of the renovation costs or building costs. Mm. So you're going to invest? Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess the bottom line is, uh, if someone has the chance to go to Cuba, you recommend it? Absolutely. I I really enjoyed this. This is a place, I, I think mainly mainly it's because of my personality. If someone says I can't do something, I want to do it. So I've always wanted to go to Cuba, and I am thrilled that I got the opportunity to go. I probably would like to go uh, again sometime. Mm country we've spent a lot of time in havana yeah uh only a day and a half out in the country and the country was absolutely gorgeous so i would probably like to go do that again but if you get the opportunity you gotta go yeah and i think you know i think going almost now before i don't you know pick some big hotel chain before the marriott buys the entire island you know Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, there were no McDonald's there. There were no Burger Kings. It was as it was uh, 60 years yeah. ago, and that was really interesting. Speaking of which, how was the food? The food was very good. Uh, I'm not sure I ever want to see beans and rice again, 
Um, but but we never we never wanted for uh, food. Could you get really a, really pretty good? Could you get a beer there while you were there? Um, yes, I had an adult beverage or two. There you uh, go. I actually, <laughs> I, 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 I'm a, a rum lover, so um, I had an awful lot of rum when I was down there. Well, it you know it it sounds it sounds like a great experience. It sounds like besides you know kind of the old car guy experience where you get to really see what's out there and see what the cars are like and and enjoy it, but also the culture and the people. It sounds like a fascinating place. And you know, Joanne's in the studio with me now, and I keep saying to her, "I really want to go," and she keeps looking at me and going, "I don't think so." Uh, she's wait. She's waiting for the Marriott to take over the island. Then we can go. So uh, no, yeah. Joanne, you go with him. Go right now when you get an opportunity to see those old cars. It was like going back to your childhood and and in downtown when the fifty five Chevys and the fifty eight Chevys were running around. The the, the actually the most uh, recent car I saw down there, American car, uh, was a nineteen fifty nine Chevrolet. That was mm. it, and there was nothing newer than that. Um, although we went to the the uh, there's a fort on the other side of Havana, uh, and we went over there, and they were setting up a car show, John, and there was a brand new Mercedes there. Now this is a hundred thousand dollar car in the U.S. I don't know how anyone would ever buy it in Cuba, but mm. it was there for sale. Wow. Yeah, you know, it sounds it sounds like a fascinating place and I I got to admit I'm a little jealous of you going, so. <laughs> well, all you got to do is pack and get on the next cruise ship, and you'll be all set. All right, there we go. Hey, Roger, thanks for taking some time out of your Saturday and joining us. Good talking to you, John. All right, take care, Roger. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. That was Roger Parent, uh old car guy. He's uh he's actually in the financial business kind of an accountant sort of guy and uh but he has a, he has a few old cars of his own including a including uh in fact he bought junior damato's corvette uh at one point the the like the 81 with the new engine in it and he bought a uh has a 55 or 56 t-bird i believe he's got a few old cars why don't we take a break pay some bills my name's john paul this is a car doctor program you're listening on am 950 wrol the spirit of boston W-R-O-L Boston. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. We're partnering with Dr. Charles Stanley's In Touch Ministries to help you be more aware of your blessings. Log on to our station website to receive a free 90 Days of Gratitude journal that can change your outlook on life. And with your journal, you'll also be entered to win a free trip for two on this July's In Touch Alaskan Cruise with Dr. Stanley. Log on to WEZRadio.com and click on the In Touch banner or enter the keyword Alaska. Honda Cars of Boston is Greater Boston's neighborhood Honda dealer with over 800 new Hondas available to choose from. Just five minutes from Boston on Route 99 in Everett, our beautiful new showroom makes your Honda Cars of Boston experience even better. Visit online at hondacarsofboston.com and see all of our tremendous purchase, lease, finance, and certified pre-owned specials. Honda Cars of Boston on Route 99 in Everett is the place for great buys from the Honda guys. Give them a call at 1-800-65-HONDA. 
listening to The Car Doctor. Back in 49 and went to Detroit working on assembly line. The first year they had me putting wheels on Cadillacs. Every day I'd watch them beauties roll by and sometimes I'd hang my head and cry. Cause I always wanted me one that was long and black. One day I devised myself a plan that should be the envy of most any man. I'd sneak it out of there in the lunchbox in my hand. Getting caught meant getting fired, but I figured I'd have it all by the time I retired. I'd have me a car worth at least a hundred grand. I'd get it one. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL. I want to thank Roger Parent for joining us. Uh, interesting trip to Cuba. That, you know, it's just something, in fact, uh, uh, our buddy Craig Fitzgerald, uh, the president of the New England Motor Press Association, him and uh, Ray Mel Yahtzee from Car Talk and Doug Berman from Car Talk, uh, all went to Cuba back a uh, month and a half or two months ago, and like to have. It just sounds like a fascinating place, and there's just a lot of stuff going on. And and, and again, the whole idea that um, you can get some things, but other things are just almost impossible to get. You know, engine oil is hard to get, and things like that. Things that are in, in, interesting. Uh, but speaking of which. Uh, this is the time of year where lots of people start to travel. Uh, our survey at work, our AAA survey, says 38 million people are going to be traveling across the U.S., 34 million by car. Uh, biggest number in about 10 years since 2007 or six. And I'm not 100% sure. We have 38 million that are traveling. Back then, it was about 40 million. I'm not believing the original numbers from back then. I think there was a, I think there was a, uh, a way that we correlated the numbers might have been a little bit off back then. But uh, right now, there's a lot of people traveling. And with us on the phone is um, Ed Gliss. He's from Michelin. And he wants to just fill us in on a few little tips. And, you know, at AAA, what do we do? Majority of the time, we go out and we... Fix flat, we fix flat tires, we put spare tires on, because people aren't paying attention to their tires quite often enough to get in the car and plan a big trip. Ed, good morning, and welcome to the Car Doctor program here in Boston. Morning, John. Uh, like you said, road trip season is here, so I'd be happy to share a couple safe driving tips, especially focusing on tires on to help you get to your destination safely and without any drama. Well, let's do it without drama, because that's the best way to go. Uh, first and foremost, we're going to obviously focus on the tires, but uh, looking at tread depth and tire inflation. Uh, starting with tire inflation, um, you know, maybe it's not well known, but heat is the enemy of tires. Um, and as we're approaching the summer months, heat is more prevalent. Underinflated tires are going to create excess heat. Uh, like I said, that's the enemy, so we're going to do everything we can do to avoid that. Not only that, but underinflated tires are going to hurt fuel economy and increase chance of a blowout, like you mentioned, and when you're going to get uh, stranded on the side of the road, have to call AAA or, or fix it yourself. Yeah, and people don't understand that a low tire is more apt to overinflate with highway driving than a tire that's properly inflated, right? Uh, so, exactly. in other words, it's if you have a tire, you have a tire with twenty-five pounds of air in it, and you drive one hundred and fifty miles, when you go to check it, it might have forty-five pounds of air in it, versus a tire that has thirty-two pounds of air in it. You drive one hundred and fifty miles, and all of a sudden, it's got. 35 pounds of air in it. Right. Like you said, all that excess heat is going to increase pressure. Um, but what it's going to do is damage the tire internally, which a lot of times isn't visible from the outside. 
Um, so it's just going to increase the risk down the road. So it's uh, really important to take care of that. And that's one of yeah, that's one of the things that some people don't realize is they get a flat tire, they pull over the side of the road, and maybe someone comes along and says, "Well, you know, let's pump up the tire, let's get you off the road, get moving." That tire that has just been driven flat for even a short distance can sustain a lot of internal tire injury, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's why I see a lot of loss, uh, especially in the warmer months or in the south. We a lot of times see places that will sell used tires. They use tires as a scary proposition. You don't really know what you're purchasing. Um, and just for all the listeners to make sure you know how to properly inflate your tire, um, you can find the correct pressure inside the driver's side door jam. Um, and so that's where you can see. On the side of the tire, a lot of times you'll see max pressure 44 PSI. That's not your target. You need to look at what the vehicle was intended for and look inside the driver's side door jam. That's right. That What you see on the side of the tire is the maximum pressure, not the pressure that was determined by the engineers who built the car that said when when you inflate the tire, you inflate it so it handles, stops, and steers the way it's supposed to. Yeah, and then the other thing with checking tire pressure, it's important to remember that you check it cold, um, and by that I mean before doing any extensive driving, like you already talked about, yeah. driving creates heat. So it's okay to drive it half a mile to the gas station to adjust the air pressure, but don't check yeah. it after you've been driving for three hours. Exactly. And, uh, then, you know, you, br- you bring up a good point. You know, a lot of cars today f- since 2008 have had tire pressure monitors uh, systems in there, in there as part of the car. But those are still no replacement for a good tire gauge, right? Absolutely. And they're only going to warn you when you come to an extreme low level. Like you said, if you're meant to be at 35 PSI, they may not trigger till they're 27 or 25 PSI, which is... Uh, you know, much further than the intended pressure than, than we would like to keep driving around on. That's right. And uh, I hate to say it, but it sounds like we might be getting some rain this weekend. There's a storm spinning up from the south. And I heard that here up in the Boston area on Monday, we might get a couple inches of rain. And if you don't have good tire tread, uh, hydroplaning's uh, uh, an issue that people have to worry about. How do people check the tread in their tire? Um, probably a lot of people have heard of the penny trick, um, but just in you know a quick synopsis, you're going to just take a penny, flip it upside down, so Abraham's upside down, throw him in the groove that runs all the way around the tire, um, and if you can see all of his head, it's a good clue to replace your tires. Um, really, less than two thirty seconds is when we're going to recommend that. There's also tread wear indicators inside those grooves that you can uh, use to try and clue you in. If you're shopping for tires, of course, we'd recommend buying four rotating them properly and it's going to give you uh you know the longest wearing tires and, and you know you won't have that problem for a while if you're only able to buy two we want to make sure you put them in the rear of the vehicle um you want the tires with the most tread depth in the rear to give you stability and uh you know to proceed all the confusion that's for front wheel drive all wheel drive rear wheel drive um, cars minivans and pickup trucks you need the newest and best tires on the rear axle for stability, like you said, in a hydroplaning situation. Yeah, and that and that's contrary to what a lot of people think because and and it's and it's easy to get confused because you're like, well, I want to put the new tires that have been freshly balanced, they're the roundest of the tires on the car. I want to put them on the front so I get the smoothest ride. But in fact, if you if you kind of almost statistically look at flat tires. A lot of them happen in the rear because you drive over something on the road, it stands it up, and then you run it over with the back tire. Mm-hmm, exactly. And like you said, uh, you're more apt to uh, have the car hydroplane, have those rear tires lose traction, and the car's all of a sudden going to want to um, 
I'll use a, a Marita dancing term here, pirouette. Is that is that the right term, Marita? Yeah, is that where you spin around? Yeah, yeah. So, so you uh, so uh, you you just you want to make sure the best tires are on the back, uh, whatever whatever that's the case. And a lot of cars today. I'm kind of looking out in the parking lot here, and it's a kind of quiet Saturday. But there's probably three or four all-wheel drive vehicles out in this parking lot. And in a lot of cases, you when you replace a tire on a car on an all-wheel drive car, sometimes you need to put four on, right? Yeah, exactly. You don't want to um, change any of the circumferences to affect the differential. And that's why we say buying four and rotating them properly is going to give them the longest wear life um, for you as a customer and uh, ensure that you only have to go through that uh, when completely necessary. How about if you're one of those lucky people that has a full-size spare? Can is it Does it make sense to rotate all five? Uh, I mean, it's an option. Uh, certainly, as we're in road trips, even at the very least, if you do have a full-size spare, um, it's important to inspect it, um, you know, just for cracking and things, making sure it's in good physical condition, and also making sure it's fully inflated. Because even though you have the equipment, but you're stranded on the side of the road with a second flat tire, um, you're still going to be stranded. So just those precautions are going to really pay off on your road trip. Yeah, and I, and I will readily admit that at one time in my life, not that many years ago, I had that exact thing happen, and it was only because I was... Uh, I was doing I was doing an interview with somebody, and I said it's very important to make sure you check the t- uh, tire pressure in your spare, and I did. And unfortunately, the valve didn't seal completely when I took the tire gauge off. And about six months later, I got a flat tire and had a flat spare. Oh man, that's bad luck. It was, it was, and it was on a busy highway. So between almost getting run over and then discovering I had a flat spare, uh, fortunately, uh, you know, AAA showed up. Uh, uh, within 30 minutes and pumped up my spare tire for me and off I went and and got that other tire repaired but yeah it was it was uh it was both uh aggravating and embarrassing so how about how about uh you know we talked about tires and all kinds of you know kind of the general rule of tire pressure all of that how about uh just uh what should you do to should you keep a little uh, emergency kit in your car just in case yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of the topic of this conversation is definitely being prepared for everything. Um, keeping a well-stocked first aid kit, some basic, maybe even some snacks, um, but certainly being prepared if, even for something as simple as a dead battery. Um, you know, the reflective triangles, like you said, mm-hmm. getting stranded on the side of the road can be, you know, unsettling. So if you can uh, notify other drivers and give yourself a safe area to work on your vehicle, um, you know, it's going to be a, a, as pleasant of an experience as it can be. So to go with the Boy Scout motto, uh, uh, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. That's not a bad plan. That's that's how I approach things. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so some so uh, jumper cables or a jump start pack or even one of those compact boosters that have gotten so popular now. I know I have one of those in in each car. I have a portable air compressor in one car uh, and. Uh, you know, and if you're planning a long trip, and especially if you're somebody who requires some medication, even maybe a small supply of medication with you, bottle of water or energy drink or, and, you know, snacks, uh, you know, granola bar, something like that, all, all good things to have with you, right? Absolutely, because, I mean, you're preparing for drives in the summer now, but another six months we'll be facing snow, so it's important. It's more likely to get stranded in a snowstorm. So, like you said, be prepared to spend, you know, a day in your car and have the vitals. Yeah, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm old enough where in here in New England, I remember the blizzard of 78 where people spent, you know, three days in their cars out on Route 128. And, uh, yeah, you know, I think you can only eat snow for so long. <laughs> yeah, 
I'm a native from Buffalo, New York, so snow is no... Uh, it's, I'm very familiar with it. Yeah. Uh, so if people want to find out more information, where can they, where can they go? Well, there's a multitude of options, but uh, from a Michelin standpoint, michelinman.com, you'll be able to find some supplemental information talking about tire rotation, tire inflation. Of course, you can research the new tires if that's what you need. Um, and then also, as you mentioned, AAA is a great partner, um, especially it's going to give you a great peace of mind as you're entering road trip season, and they can help you uh, solve those unexpected problems. And I know our friends from the Rubber Manufacturers Association, the the uh, Be Tire Smart guys, always have a lot of information there as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep, thank yep. you for reminding me of them, but they, we've got a great relationship with them. They've got plenty of helpful tips. Yep. Hey, uh, Ed, thanks for taking some time out of your Saturday and joining us up here in Boston. I hope wherever you are, it's sunny and warm and uh, you uh, have a little time to enjoy the weekend. Appreciate it, Tom. Thanks for the time. All right. Take care. Bye-bye now. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Why don't we take another break? It's a little bit after 9 o'clock. Uh, if you would like to join us, phone lines are completely open at 617-770-3030. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the car that I've been driving around for the last week or so, and that is the uh, all-new 2017 Kia Sportage. We'll be right back. WROL Boston. This is an important notice to anyone owing the IRS back taxes and cannot afford to pay them back. In order to aid American taxpayers during the decline in the U.S. economy, settling delinquent tax problems is now being made easier by the IRS. As of today, you could be one of the millions of taxpayers that now may qualify to settle your delinquent tax problem, ensuring your financial stability and potentially save you thousands of dollars. Your circumstances may qualify you for many special hardship programs, which include having all collection efforts against you stopped and having a large portion or all of your debt canceled. If you're under pressure from the IRS and need help, settling your tax problem has never been easier. Each taxpayer has a limited time they can qualify for relief, so you must act now. For this free information and to see if you qualify, call Victory Tax Solutions at 800-352-4757. 800-352-4757. That's 800-352-4757. This is Santos Irizarry, host of the weekend program, No Limits. Last year, I had the privilege of traveling to Israel and experience the places that many in the Bible stood upon. This year, Salem Media Group and Genesis Tours is inviting you to join Pastor Alistair Begg on an unforgettable journey of faith and biblical insights following the footsteps of the apostles. This inspiring and luxurious 15-day Mediterranean cruise will take you from Rome to Naples, Jerusalem, Bethlehem, and a whole lot more. You will enjoy insightful Bible classes and have the opportunity to pray in some of the Bible's most prominent sites for prices, which include round-trip airfare, meals, and your cabin stay, and of course, to see this great itinerary, log on to our website at wezeradio.com or at wrolradio.com and click on the Footsteps of Apostles cruise banner. Join us as we follow in the footsteps of the Apostles and experience the sights of early church like never before. 
Honda Cars of Boston is Greater Boston's neighborhood Honda dealer with over 800 new Hondas available to choose from. Just five minutes from Boston on Route 99 in Everett, our beautiful new showroom makes your Honda Cars of Boston experience even better. Visit online at hondacarsofboston.com and see all of our tremendous purchase, lease, finance, and certified pre-owned specials. Honda Cars of Boston on Route 99 in Everett is the place for great buys from the Honda guys. Give them a call at 1-800-65-HONDA. Now, let's get back to the car doctor. Welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston, and AM 1260 WBIX, The Buzz. Speaking of The Buzz, if you're in uh, Greenwich, Connecticut on June 4th and 5th, the Greenwich Concours d'Elegance will be taking place, and that includes Bonham's auctions of collector motor cars and... Um, Master Car Restorer and host of Velocity Channel's Chasing Classic Cars, Wayne Carini, will serve as a 2016 Grand Marshal. I saw him the other day, and I said, hey, Wayne, when are you coming back on the show? And he said, anytime you want. It's like we're old friends. You know, we've met each other like three times. It's like we're it's like we're old friends, and which is good. I, you know, he's, he's, a, he's actually a really, really nice guy, and... Uh, He's uh, he's also very happy because his Chasing Classic Car Show, which is a 13-week show, has been re- uh, renewed for two seasons. So he's he's on for the next couple of years, and it's a whole whole new series of shows. Next week, we are going to be broadcasting, maybe, from the Irish Festival. Uh, if all the uh, if all the equipment works right, I did have two guests booked for next week. One is. Um, is Dave Smith from Factory 5. They're open houses next week as well. Um, and what's interesting about Factory 5 is they are they're going to be now classified as a small auto manufacturer. So instead of just selling kits, they can actually assemble complete cars now and sell them as turnkey cars. So that changes some of the rules. And also now in Massachusetts, they've lightened up a little bit on the rule of being able to um, build a kit car and actually have it registered in Massachusetts. So I want to talk to them about that. Also, a couple new models, and it is his open house down there. And then a little bit afterwards, uh, we have plans to talk with the folks from RepairPal. The the woman we were supposed to talk to a couple weeks ago had some phone problems all weekend, and she wasn't able to call in. So, uh, in theory, we're going to do that, or we're not going to do anything. I don't know. One, one or the other. It's, it, it depends uh, depends on how things work, uh, but I understand we may be from the field at... Uh, uh, over at the Irish... over at the uh, um, Irish Cultural Center. So, uh, who knows? Who knows how it's all going to work? So, um, but I know this morning... I tested the remote equipment this morning, and it doesn't work. So who knows between now and then whether it will work. So, And this is not just here, by the way. Um, this past Tuesday, I did a... Um, I, I periodically, myself and uh, Jamie Page Deaton, who is the auto editor for U.S. World and News Report, um, very, very bright person, 
her and I kind of co-guest on a main, well, I guess main public radio. So it's all over Maine, and it and it comes out of Portland. And generally, I use a part called I use a device called a Comrex Blue Box, which uses a phone line, connects to them. Well, I was down the Cape, and I don't have a phone, so I couldn't use my Blue Box. And I said to them, uh, "Can I use my regular remote equipment?" And they said, "No, it's we can't we can't get it to connect to ours for some reason." And they said, "In fact, right now we can't even get the two same brands that we have. They have something called a Tyline Bridget. We can't even get those two to connect to each other. We can't connect our Concord, New Hampshire station to our." Portland station right now because the two pieces of equipment aren't talking to each other. So then they said, we have this new internet app where we'll send you a link and you'll broadcast. It's a replacement for something called ISDN, which is a technical term for a phone line. Um, Some people describe it. Our old engineer, Frank Kelly, describes it as ISDN stands for it still does nothing. Um, but uh, but it's uh, it's supposed to be a replacement for that, and it's a subscription service, and they send it to you as an invitation, and it's actually pretty slick. You click on a link, and you use a headset, and it sounds pretty good, but just pretty good. It actually sounded a little like it was breaking up just a little bit, and they said, well, can you, let's try it again, and we got it as good as we could get, and I was supposed to go on at 105, at 103... The power went out in my house. So then it took about three minutes for the router to reset and all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is just working. So whether it's Salem Radio or National Public Radio, there are ghosts all over the place that disrupt technology. So, Or else it's just related to me. Yeah, Mercury retrograding, it could be that. Uh, it could be, or it could, or it could just be some aura around me. I don't know what it is, but oh well. Let's talk to Rick. Rick. Hey, John. How's retirement? Uh, well, let me put it this way: I'm sitting on my front porch. I got a cup of coffee sitting behind me, and if I wasn't holding the phone, I could be twiddling both of my thumbs. So, they, they, so, so, have you figured out that you get up in the morning and you don't have any real plans? No, actually, I, I, I have a, uh, a made up a day planner, and that's like I schedule stuff. And um, actually, you know, other than joking around and teasing you about sitting on my front porch, as soon as I get off the phone, I'm going back to mowing the lawn. Well, there you can see, see I, I had to do that last night. See, when, you, when you're a working person, you know, I had to squeeze that in between, you know, coming home from work and, uh, and you know, going to bed. So, well, so, so you do have a little luxury. Yeah, yes, and uh, it's also kind of nice that uh, I can step in and help out my wife and that. Uh, been washing washing, and putting away more dishes, and uh, I'm going to the store later on because she's at work. And so, you know, hey, it's, it's you know, I've got other things on plan. And that uh, if I can find a phone connection, yeah. when I'm up in Laconia, I'll give the, the, I have the roving... <laughs> There you go, you know, and, you know, you can always take a little time out, you know, to, you know, polish the motorcycle or something, you know? I'd rather ride it than wash it. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> it makes sense. So, um, so what's up today? Well, actually, I was on the road uh, a couple of days ago, and I was next to a guy in a motor scooter, and I had to, you know, suggest to him that, hey, it'd be a good idea to wear gloves. 
Now, believe me, I know how hot it is to be sitting at, a, at an intersection, sitting over your engine with it running and it's 85, 90 degrees out and wearing you know, leather, heavy mm. leather gloves and a jacket on and long pants. But uh, I also know that from having gone down, I don't know how many times, including one time wiping out on a gravel road wearing nothing, nothing but cut off in a shirt that wasn't tucked in. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it pays to wear the gear. So because uh, as someone explained to me once, what's the what's the largest organ of the human body? The skin. Exactly. And you can only you can only take so much of that away. You know, you know what at times the smallest organ is of the human body is? In the brain? You're right. Yeah, Marie everybody seemed to get that one right away. Everybody was pointing <laughs> to their head. <laughs> everybody in the studio here pointed to their heads. So everybody knew that one. So Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it does. You know, every time, and you said you were wearing cutoffs and a and a and a shirt not tucked in. You know, every time I see, and I saw it yesterday. I saw um, two people on a sport bike, and they were both wearing shorts, uh, and they were doing about eighty miles an hour in the left lane. And all I can imagine is, and I don't think I can imagine. My imagination isn't that vivid. I think to, to think what would happen if if they ever something bad ever happened, they hit a you know, whether they not even just got hit, but if they hit a rock in the road or something at that speed with without the right gear on. Oh yeah, yeah, and and that you know, um, you know, I, I used to work in a college area, and you know, I, I sometimes tell the college girls, you know, if you go down, you got to put your hands out, or the college boys, you know, you got, you know, you got to put your hands out to protect yourself, and no gloves. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I only uh, I only fell off a motorcycle once. And um, that was plenty. That was plenty. I, I, uh, I slid ac- across a lane. I was doing everything you weren't supposed to do. I was driving, riding too fast on a road I wasn't familiar with, and you know, started a high side and flipped the bike back the other way. And the only redeeming value was, I guess, of the whole crash. I, uh, old uh, acquaintance of mine, Dale Quarterly, who used to race motorcycles, was actually back to actually uh, building motorcycles down down south, said to me, if you ever come off a bike, make sure you push yourself away from the bike, because the bike will slide forever and you'll slide with it, where if you push off the bike, you'll just roll off to one side. And I kind of remembered that as I was sliding, and as soon as I did that, the bike slid another 150 feet, and I slid probably another 10. Well, um, the, the crash that I the crashes that I've ended up in the hospital is I don't remember. Yeah, you know I go unconscious, but on, on my bike I've got now they, they, the manufacturers don't like it, but I call them crash bars and hard saddlebags. Yep. So that uh, keep so my leg will, will slide out from underneath. Uh, right. The side is down under. Yeah. No. The uh, the although I I saw. Um, I saw somebody pass a car once pretty tight, and the crash bar caught the edge of the bumper yeah. when cars had bumpers, and the bike stood straight up, and the person went over the handlebars. Fortunately, fortunately, didn't really get hurt. They just uh, they just kind of rolled, you know, and they would they had the right gear on, but they they rolled to uh, did sort of a, a headstand and stood back up, and everybody looked at each other and went, oh, I guess nobody got hurt," you know. Well, the thing is, you know. The gear may protect you from the, um, you know, abrasions and the, you know, the uh, sudden impact in that, but it doesn't protect you from the bumps and bruises that you feel. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> and believe me, you know, that, the, the last time, you know, I was in, you know, they checked me out from head to toe for about seven hours, and all they said is that you just got massive bumps and bruises from the impact, and you're going to be hurting for a while. Yeah, I, 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 when I, when I did it that time, I was, uh, I think like all great plans, I was going on vacation two days later or something, and, and, uh, I think I had, uh, a couple of stitches, but nothing nothing that I didn't take out while I was on vacation. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not hard to take stitches out. And, uh, oh, no, I've yeah, done that before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, pool. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. So it was, uh, but it was one of those, it was one of those things where I, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was a little sore for a while. And, and, and this happened years ago. And I remember being at the doctors a few years ago and they said to me, you know, what do you got for aches and pains? And I, and I told them, they said, well, we need to get that looked at. And I said, yeah, I don't really think we have to because I can tell you where they all came from. So, you know, they're all a result of doing unfortunately stupid things. So, yeah, well, um, I have arthritis in the knees now, and that's from um, having an accident and pushing in my gas tank on mm. the side of, of my bike. Yep, yep. So I guess, you know, we've talked about a lot of things, but the bottom line is if you're going to be riding, whether it's a, a motor scooter or a motorcycle, having, having the right gear on makes a lot of sense. Even a motor bicycle. Yeah, uh, you know, I I think I mean I, you know I, I I think even if you're having you know you brought up a good point. Whenever you fall, you tend to put your hands out. So you know even having uh, even you know even some you know maybe even fingerless gloves on a bicycle makes some sense. Well, uh, I, I would I would not say fingerless. I would say regular gloves in that. And because uh, as I said, when I went down McRaven Road, I wasn't even wearing shoes. <laughs> Well, you were doing you were you were you were counting on divine intervention there. Well, divine intervention has kept me alive more than once. One time, I was at a church, and I said, "Riding a motorcycle is a great way to have testimonies." And there you go, there you go, Rick. Always a pleasure. Have a good one, John. You, you too. Take care. Bye bye. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. I was. Looking at the ad for the Irish Festival that's going to be next, uh, the June 4th and 5th. If you want to find out more information, 888-GO-IRISH. And uh, there's a lot of good stuff there. And, and it says uh, it says uh, here you, the, the Wolf Tones will be there. John McDermott will be there. And I think we're going to be there. We'll see. Maybe. I don't know. It's all up to the technology. I want to talk a little bit about the uh, car that got me here today, which was the 2017 Sportage SX all-wheel drive. They call the color Hyper Red. It has a black interior. It's powered by their optional engine, which is the 2-liter turbocharged gas direct injection. It's a four-cylinder engine. has a six-speed automatic transmission. It's all-wheel drive with a center locking differential. So when the going gets tough, it can do a little bit better. It also has uh, 19-inch alloy wheels on it. So there's no car today that has small wheels, with the exception of when I was at MIT on Thursday, parked over in the corner of a parking lot with two cars made by the Indian car company Tata, which also makes Jaguars and Land Rovers now. They own that They own that company. And these are these little teeny cars, and they're not that teeny. They're smart car size, maybe even a little bit bigger. They have the smallest wheels and tires I've seen in a long time. They, they look like they had 10-inch tires on them. And I don't think they did. They were probably 13s, but they just look so small compared to everything you see today. And uh, these were both right-hand uh, 
import cars, so right-hand drive, import cars. I don't know why they were there. One of them actually had a house speaker wired in the back of it, so college kids. Um, but they didn't have plates on them. They were just tucked in the corner of the parking lot, and there was two of them there. And, and they, I believe they were the Swift. They weren't the Nano. The Tata Nano is a car that was going to sell for like $2,500. This maybe is a slightly more upscale version. It wasn't, by the way. Uh, but uh, let's talk about the safety features of the Sportage. Uh, dual front advanced uh, airbags, uh, front seat uh, mounted side airbags, full length side curtain airbags. So if the car rolls over, you have head protection, anti-lock brakes, traction control, electronic stability control, downhill brake and hill start assist control, tire pressure monitoring systems, lane departure warning systems, which um, took me a little while to figure out how to shut off. The answer how to make that not beep at you is to actually stay in the lane instead of wandering. But um, it also has emergency uh, braking alert. So if you, there's a car stops in front of you and you're not paying attention, it beeps and makes noise. For a comfort feature, it has dual zone automatic climate control. So if uh, one if one passenger likes the temperature different than the other, you can adjust it. It has a premium sound system. It has a Harman Kardon sound system. And it has a, a large, rather large navigation system, 8-inch navigation system, with all of the uh, Kia apps that can be tied into your phone. Push-button start with smart keys, so you keep the key in your pocket. And you think about Kia, and you say, well, aren't they kind of an inexpensive car that don't have a lot of options? Well, heated and ventilated front seats. Um Rear camera display, so backup camera, blind spot, monitor systems, cross-traffic alerts. So if you're backing out of a parking space and you're surrounded by other SUVs, you can actually see the car sees that what you can't. So it shoots a, a ultrasonic beam left and right down the parking lot, and it can actually detect probably 150 feet away if a car is starting to come up as you're starting to back up, and it'll beep and let you know about it. Uh, this also has, again, a luxury car feature, uh, HID headlights. Uh, it has um, dynamic bending light, which means that as you take a corner, it'll, it'll turn the headlights slightly. It has these really impressive-looking LED daytime running lights and fog lights. So it has these clusters of, they look like ice cubes. Uh, it looks like four ice cubes on each side of the car where the fog lights would be. And interesting looking, I don't like, I don't like, I like what they do. Um, the style I'm just not crazy about. Uh, heated folding mirrors, and it's kind of interesting that you, whether you hit the door lock or not, as you walk up to the car, the mirrors respond to you when they unfold. Although it doesn't unlock the door, you still have to hit the door button. Not the key fob, but yeah, there's a button on the door, and it will unlock the doors. But as you walk by, and I did it last night, I had my keys in my pocket mowing the lawn. I'd walk by, the mirrors would go out. I'd walk away, the mirrors would go in. Go by, they'd go out, go in. It, was, it, was, it entertained me for a few minutes. And uh, a big, huge sunroof, big, huge panoramic sunroof uh, with a power, uh, power interior shade, a power lift gate. So this morning I was putting stuff in the car. I could hit the liftgate button. It would go up, hit the liftgate button, it would close. And like all 
Kia models. It has a 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty, 5-year, 60,000-mile basic warranty, and 5-year, 60,000-mile roadside assistance warranty. Um, our car had no options in it. This is how this Kia comes. The Sportage SX with all-wheel drive comes with all those features. They don't give them away, though. This is a $34,000 Kia Sportage, which the Sportage to compare is similar in size to a Honda CRV, uh, maybe a Hyundai Tucson, its sister vehicle, I suppose, uh, which I like a lot. I like the Tucson a lot. The Kia has a little bit firmer ride and a little bit better handling than the Hyundai does. So I would kind of put the Kia Sportage sort of on sort of in line with maybe the Volkswagen Tiguan uh, where it has all of the same premium features in it that Volkswagen does. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty interesting car. It's, it's well thought out. It does everything it's supposed to. The 2 liter turbocharged engine seems to have plenty of power. Uh, plenty of power to get up to highway speed. You think of a two-liter engine as being pretty small, especially in all-wheel drive. Uh, produces plenty of horsepower. Uh, good gas mileage. GPA says uh, 20 miles per gallon in the city, 23 on the highway, 21 overall. I've been averaging about 26 or 27. So, And that's according to the electronic display. I haven't really checked it by filling it up and dividing my mileage by the amount of gallons. But if you can believe the display, it's pretty accurate. If the display is accurate, and I have to think it is, I've been beating the uh, highway mileage by about three or four miles per gallon. So uh, EPA says you'll spend about $1,700 in fuel. Uh, more, th- more than, well, two things. So you'll spend about $1,700 in fuel per year. And compared to other cars this basic size, not all-wheel drive, but this basic size, you'll spend about $1,700 more in five years than you would with, um, when you compare it to average vehicles of, uh, average new vehicles of this type. So it's not the most fuel-efficient vehicle in the world, but still, I think it's a pretty, pretty good vehicle, and they've done some design things. They've pushed the wheels out to the very end corners of the vehicle so it looks a little bit bigger than it is uh, it feels a little bit bigger than it is inside but it's actually still a compact SUV and if you're looking for a if you're looking for a compact SUV that has luxury car features without a complete luxury car price although it's getting close I was talking to an engineer the other day and um, we're talking about how much technology goes in new cars and at what point aren't people going to be able to afford it? The average transaction price of a new car today is almost $34,000. That's what most people are spending for new cars today. And I remember when it was $22,000. And that wasn't that many years ago. The technology is driving the price of cars. And at some point, people are just going to say, hey, I would like to get a new car. I just can't afford it. They're too expensive. And that at that point, the companies, the vehicle manufacturers have to say, maybe we don't want turbocharged engines and supercharged engines and all of these electronic features in cars that people kind of like, but just can't afford it. So, but anyway, uh, Kia Sportage uh, 2017, brand new model with all-wheel drive and certainly worth looking at. Uh, And, uh, you know, take a look. Why don't we take another break? Uh, When we come back, we play a little bit of trivia too. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston.
WROL Boston. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-273-0135. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-273-0135 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-273-0135 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-273-0135. Sullivan Tire is proud to be New England's Michelin Tire Headquarters. Michelin Tires are known for their great tread design, durability, and handling. Stop into your local Sullivan Tire and Auto Service today and check out our new lower pricing on such tires as the Michelin Premier AS, the Michelin Premier LTX, and so much more. Remember, we'll keep your car running right all season long. Stop in for our thorough factory-scheduled maintenance check. Our ASC certified technicians will check out your battery and charging system, radiator and antifreeze, inspect your tires and air pressure, brakes, all system fluids, steering and suspension, belts, hoses, the exhaust system, exterior lights, wiper blades, and more. Head to any of our 68 locations to save big on a great selection of Michelin tires and check out the best auto maintenance in the industry. Call 877-592-TIRE or visit SullivanTire.com. Peace of mind driving. You deserve it. We provide it. Don't you just hate the hassle of car buying? Make it easy by finding your financing first. Hi, I'm Kevin Chapman. As a member of the City of Boston Credit Union for over two decades, I know that they always put their members first with some of the most competitive car rates around. You can figure out what you want to spend before you even go shopping. Come visit the City of Boston Credit Union at cityofbostoncu.com and apply today. Or call 617-635-4545. City of Boston Credit Union. Uniquely Boston. Equal opportunity lender. You're listening to The Car Doctor. Maybe it isn't a ragtop day. I don't know. Well, it depends where you're listening from, I suppose. Uh, but looking out the window here at Marina Bay, looks pretty cloudy and overcast. So not so sure about being a nice ragtop day around here. So, well, that's interesting. Paul Sullivan's not driving his own car. Uh-oh. I wonder what that means. Uh-oh. See, that's what you do when you look out the window here. You get to look at all this stuff, so... <laughs> I promised we would do trivia, and I think this is an easy trivia question. And I saw it for some reason. It popped up the other day, which kind of reminded me of it. I don't know what we have for a trivia prize, but it'll be, it'll be something. And by the way, 
someone who won the Q-Bond glue, um, I got it back in the mail because it said the address was no longer applicable to be forwarded. So apparently you moved and the post office is no longer forwarding your mail. And I wish I could remember who it was, but I don't. I just got it back. So if if you're a listener and you recently moved and you recently won trivia, sorry. I guess you didn't glue your mailbox shut or something. I don't know. But anyway, some people call this the greatest car chase sequence ever in movie history. And uh, when you think of uh, cool people... You think of cool people, you know, you think of Steve McQueen. In the movie Bullet, what kind of car did Steve McQueen drive? And I need an exact answer. Year, make, a model. Because I think it's easy. But what kind of car did Steve McQueen drive in the movie Bullet? I will tell you it was green. So what kind of car did Steve McQueen drive in the movie Bullet? And we will send you out some kind of prize. We have something. We'll send you out, certainly. So if you know what the answer to that is, we will send you out a prize. All you have to do is give us a call at 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. That's the number. And uh, we will... Uh, We'll see what we have for we'll see what we have for right or wrong answers coming in. We'll let Marita do her work and get everybody else. You can get everybody else if you want to. So line them all up. And we'll figure out what we're gonna do from there. I mentioned that uh, this is a busy travel weekend, but also I met with some people from uh, Nesson this week, New England Sports Network, because I'm such a sports fan. And um, they were um, they were at the New England Motor Press event, and I kind of asked them why they were there, and they said, "Well, you know, there are a couple of different reasons, but uh, fans can actually donate food at any of the six participating Lexus dealerships that Nesson's teamed up with uh, throughout the next week in May. Boston area Lexus dealers are dedicated to helping combat combat food." Insecurity in the reason, and these local businesses are showing their support with the home team. In fact, the food drive is running in tandem with the season-long Lexus Strikeout Hunger Campaign, in which Lexus donates $50 to the Greater Boston Food Bank every time a Boston pitcher throws a strikeout. So... Anytime there's a strikeout, Lexus will donate $50 to the food pantry. The campaign has already raised more than $13,000 this season. Red Sox need to throw more strikeouts. And Lexus is encouraging the community to do their part. So you can uh, check out with your check what's going on with your local dealers and uh, strike out hunger. So, you know, something something worth mentioning. And also, if you're a fan of the Herb Chambers cars and coffee events, they're moving them to Sundays now. So from now on, they're no longer on Saturdays or on Sundays. And uh, they're always a good event. And Herb is at most of them. And everybody says, what a nice guy. So, you know, check the uh, Herb Chambers website. It's a pretty impromptu car show, and it's nice. It gets over by like 10 or 11 in the morning and gives you the rest of the day. So you can go you go check out his cars, but also some of the great cars that show up. So worth looking at. Let's go to line one and talk to Fiona. Um, is it 1968 Ford Mustang GT Fastback? You are absolutely correct. 
How did you know that? My dad told me. Well, that's it. That's it. Nothing wrong with that. That's okay. But you were you were absolutely right. I'll tell you what. We'll put you on hold and we'll send you out a nice prize. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thanks. The dads are okay for that sort of stuff. It's okay. Um, let's see. Let's see who's online too, and see if they had a guess. John, is that you? Yes. Hello, John. Hello. Yeah, I was going to say about the same thing. I knew uh, it was a Mustang '68, and I think Ford did a reissue of uh, the car not too long ago. They, yeah, it was. Uh, they, I, they may have actually even reissued it twice. I know they reissued it. A bunch of years ago, probably seven or eight now, and uh, they came out with the same color. They added the uh, chrome gas cap to it. They lowered it slightly, and they had uh, a, a wheel that was somewhat reminiscent of the car. So it was uh, it was pretty good. So oh, we need uh, a wheel, the tires and wheels. Yeah, yeah. They because those those actually had I think those the the original car had sort of those mini light uh, gray center. Uh, uh, polished aluminum uh, uh, edge wheel, which was kind of popular in the 60s. So, yeah, but it had that dark green paint. And, of course, what made that car great was the 390 cubic inch engine and the four-speed transmission. And apparently, Steve McQueen, in that case, did almost all of the driving in that movie. Didn't they call it the Bullet also? Yeah, well, yeah, it was a Bullet version of the Mustang, right. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah, but Steve, Steve McQueen in the movie... Uh, apparently, in that chase scene, did ninety percent of the driving. Mm -hmm. So yeah. again, sort of uh, the king of cool, I think. Yeah, he's a good actor. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So uh, you know, as a runner-up, um, well, thanks. Oh, okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care. Hey, bye. One bye. More sure. I ask you. Is it possible? I was at the New York Auto Show, and uh, one of the people there who had a '55 Chevy wagon. And he modified, and he said, it's a terrible thing to do to modify an old car. It's like putting a beard on a woman. He says, you could have one made just like it. Is that true? Is there a company that could make you an old-time car, given you have the checkbook for it, any kind of, any kind of car you want? Uh, pretty, you know, if you have enough money, you can do just about anything. And I you can... I think they only make the 55 cents, but still, I say I want a 49 old. I want an original. I don't want any changes. Uh, I'm... I'm willing to bet you can, you know, a popular car, like you, like you said, a 55 Chevy or, you know, 57 Chevy or 62 Chevy for that matter. Um, you know, it, you know, almost all of the 50s cars, you can get a new design frame with new steering and suspension. So you can actually get an old car that drives brand new or you can actually get the old parts. So. Well, what if about you, even before that? You want to go into the forties? I want a forty-five something or other. You know. Well, well, I drove. I, I drove a clone of the first Model T, and it was made about fifteen years ago, and it was a Model T Ford, yeah. and it had a, an identical-looking Model T engine, and it was as close to a Model T as a Model T, only they actually did some upgrades to it. They they used some new materials for some driveline pieces, but it was, you know, again, all it takes is, it only takes money. So I think I think you could probably pretty much, if you had enough money, you could recreate anything. But even for a while, like some of the, um, the Camaros and Firebirds from the 70s, there was a company out there that was... Uh, 
that was reissuing those all of those parts. So you could you could make in essence a brand new 1970 Camaro. So you could probably you again if you have you have the money you can do almost anything. Yeah, now that you mentioned the Model T, there's a company called Surrey Pedal Vehicles, and they're a pedal car. Okay. And uh, they issue uh, a reproduction of an electric Model T that you can ride around. It, it only does like 25 miles an hour, but it's an exact reproduction of a Model T with electric power. Yeah, you know, it'd be you know for somebody somebody who wanted a parade vehicle or an interesting little vehicle. To buy it, yeah. Yeah, sure. Why not? You can, like I said, you can if you if you have if you have enough money if you have uh, or you know the ability to write the check you're all set. Well, do you know about road cars? You hear of them? They make a pedal car, four feet. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I heard of those. Yeah. And Shelly has one, like nine passenger pedal car. You need no license for it because there's no motor in it. You yep. it yeah, yeah. I, I I saw I saw something like that when I was in Florida. <laughs> Not yeah, yeah. It sounds like too much pedaling for me. All right, take care now. Oh, thank you. Yep, bye-bye. Let's go real quick to George. George. Yes, thank you, John Paul, for taking my call. Um, I have a 2008 Toyota Highlander with 109,000 miles. All right. And I was wondering what you recommend uh, when you should change the fluid in the all-wheel drive system and the axles. You know, I think at this, at this age where it's almost, you know, where it's almost, what, to, uh, eight years old, nine years old. You know, it's probably it's probably not a bad idea just to think about it at any time now. Uh, should it last the life of the vehicle? I mean, yeah, probably, but would it hurt to replace it? Probably not. Um, you know, as a as a you know, you're talking about the fluid in the transfer case. You were correct. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I mean, certainly. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, certainly, you know, it's worth. It's worth looking at and you know taking a look at it. It's only it's not going to take long to do. It's a it's a pretty easy repair. It's uh, um, you know it's going to take about a half an hour to you know change the transfer case oil. There's a drain plug and a gasket and change your oil and that's that's really about it. There's there's uh, it uses it uses a pretty standard gear oil, regular ninety weight gear oil. So yeah it wouldn't hurt to change it every once in a while. I don't know that there's a set specification for when you do it um I don't even think it holds a quart of fluid so again fairly fairly straightforward to do um if uh you know at the at the age again something that wouldn't hurt your owner's manual would probably tell you it's probably in the hundred thousand mile range so you're probably you're probably you know close to being due i would think i, I like i said i don't know if there's a specific maintenance specification for that for that fluid there there could be um let me take a you said what year was that let me take a look see if i can find it's something a two, it's a 2008 toyota highlander limited Okay, and um, let's see if they actually have a transfer case fluid. Um, it doesn't even look like there's a specific specification. They just look like they keep saying, check it, check it, check it. Um, I'm up to, let's see, we'll, we'll go up to one hundred and five or 150,000. Um, it doesn't transfer case. No, I don't even. I don't even see a. I don't even see a regular uh, specification for it. Even at one hundred and thirty thousand miles, it says just inspect it. 
But if okay. you work, but if you work it hard, if you if you do a little bit of you know you do a little bit of extra effort with it, it probably wouldn't hurt to to uh, you know just change it again. It's a half an hour. It's a half an hour job and a quarter fluid, so fairly inexpensive. Yeah, I think I'm going to do it. I'm the type of person that likes to do maintenance, and uh, you know I want the car to last as long as possible. So it does a, a mix of city and highway driving. So I think it's time to change it. Yeah, it wouldn't like I said, certainly certainly couldn't couldn't hurt by any means. So. And look, there's Paul Sullivan just sitting over there in his Bud Light Lime T-shirt. Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, Cinco yeah. de something. Cinco, Cinco de Limo. Uh, limo. And uh, we cut the we cut the interview a little bit short only because uh, I don't know. Right? <laughs> it's Memorial Day. It, it's Memorial. No, that isn't why. It was I actually clicked the button on the computer. It shut off. But but you get the idea. So. It's just been one of those days. I, I don't know. Technology not your friend today? It's, it is not today. It is not today for some reason. Bad way to be. Yeah, yeah. And and I will readily admit half of it's my problem. That your shortage yeah. out there? That is. What, that is. What, what do they call that collar? Uh, they call that collar officially. You have it written down somewhere. Officially, yeah. they call it hyper red. Hyper red. Yeah. Yeah. It's dirty red right now. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of pollen for people in to people suffering from allergies. Uh, I kind of thought the allergy season might have been over. Mm-hmm. It is not. No, it is not. I there is this morning. Yeah, there is there is a lot of there is a lot of pollen floating around in the air. This I, green shirt when I put it on was yellow. Well, it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I have a question for you. I notice you're not driving your jeep. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because it's Memorial Day weekend and someone has to go get the flowers. The plant. Oh, see, I see. Yeah. I see. So the hauling, the hauling vehicle is being yeah. used for hauling. Yeah. I see. I did that last weekend. Yeah. So yeah. you're one step ahead of me. And only because I knew I wasn't going to be able to do it this weekend. Right. So I heard you mowing the lawn last night, <sighs> and playing games with your side view mirror. I did. It was just, it's, <laughs> what, a, what a dedicated listener. Yeah. <laughs> no, in fact, this this week uh, this week was pretty busy with the, our New England Motor Press uh, Technology Conference, and the week uh, week coming up. Um, I, I'm uh, I'm pretty excited because I'm meeting with my um, my uh, technology team mm-hmm. about my new website. Good, excellent, cool. The my technology team is made up of four people. No, wait. When you say your website, is it the AAA website? No, or is no. John this Paul is website? this is John knows cars. John does. John John knows John knows cars. dot com. Yeah, and uh, it's my my website, and I have a team. There's 16, the team, the team members. There's too many people split money with. Come on. <laughs> no, there's no their their age All is right, 16. Okay. Yes. Oh, they're junior. They're juniors in high school. Okay. Well, they'll be senior. They'll be seniors next year. Yeah, I love education. I'm a big yeah, fan. Yeah. These are these are uh, from uh, Social Votech in Hanover. Great school. And I was. Did um, you teach uh, there once? Um, I taught there for a day. Yeah, and I right. said I'll never do that again. That's one. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, there, there are people who do this because they love it mm-hmm. and they're good at it, mm-hmm. and there are people like me who thought it was a good idea and realized it. Maybe I'm not good at it. Well, you know what they say: those who can do, and yep. those who can't teach, and those who can't teach, teach Jim. Is that what they say? Is that what they say in teaching circles? Yes, yes they do. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I couldn't I even know all the gym teachers out there. Don't, yeah, don't. I couldn't. I couldn't even teach gym. It, it's, it's interesting because I talk to a wide variety of people. I talk mm-hmm. to, you know, I, I, and I never thought I would be a 
public speaker, and I don't... You're great at it. I don't know if I'm any good at it, but, um, you know, I've talked to Rotary Clubs and mm-hmm. Kiwanis Clubs and senior people, and about a month and a half ago, I, I kind of guest hosted at uh, Rhode Island College on a public affairs class. You put me in front of a bunch of high school kids, or yeah, even yeah, worse, yeah. grammar school kids. <laughs> they, they're just not my audience. Yeah, it's a different... Yeah. It's a different um, experience different yeah. dynamic yeah in fact even the college kids were there it was a public affairs class that they asked me to come in and talk about but they were more interested in my podcast mm-hmm. and i said to them you know really what i've learned as part of business is if you want to add value to yourself it's important to really think about doing things above what your job description is and and i said to him i i firmly believe probably 50 percent of what i do is value added to my job yeah. and it's not it's not written down anywhere well it's all you about know. it's all about making your boss look better right and whatever you yeah. can do to do yeah. that is yeah i can't and, believe i said that seriously but uh, you did That's you true. did by the way this mic works it does it does yeah nice uh, yeah so we're Coming one step right, Marita? We're, we're we're one step ahead of um um, getting things back in order here. It's like whack-a-mole with something new. Yeah, work yeah, something new yeah. And, 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 the, right. and the important part that is not, there's an important part not working right now, which could have a real impact in the future. Oh, boy. Yeah, so, but anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. But back to my team. Okay. I have, uh, it's, uh, they're a group at Social Votech. I was, I'm on one of the, I'm on the automotive advisory board, so I was at a meeting, and this woman got up, and she is, and I, I don't remember the department. It's like, computer technology education and I don't know that that's it but we'll call it that for one of a better word mm-hmm. and uh, she got up and almost did like a shark tank thing in front of uh, a whole room auditorium full of people and she said we're looking for to development projects we're looking for things to do and she's all excited and she said you know if you have a restaurant you're looking for a new menu or you're a you know a, a, a hairstylist and you want to create a online scheduling page we want to do that job for you so I said to her, I do a bunch of odd things. I do a radio show and a newspaper column. And I said, I'd like to be able to consolidate it in one page where people can find it and be able to either send me a message or look at my Facebook page or look at my Twitter page. And You, you want to and build your brand. I did want to build, which, you know, I've been building for 30 years. Yeah. But but I said, I just want to have it all under one name. Yep. You know, at work, I have it under AAA Car Doctor, but I just want to have it under one name. And the name is John Knows Cars. Mm-hmm. Did you make and, that up? Yeah. Good. Yeah. And it's also a blog name I use on the Western Telegram website. But, Creative. But, yeah. You're right. So, you are all over yeah. the place. So, yeah. 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 I'm like dog poop <laughs> everywhere. Um, but but anyway, so... Um, Scattered. So, yeah. yeah. So so I have so I have this I have this team. Yep. And um, the team leader is Jeremiah Johnson. Of course he is. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah. And Jeremiah Johnson is is by trade a welder. But he's the project leader. Well, wait yeah. a minute. How old is he? Sixteen. Okay. Yeah. So he's a, by trade, he's a welder. Well, he's in welding school, welding class. Okay. That's what he takes. All right. There are two. He'll do well. There are there. Well, there. Yeah. yeah. Then there are two young women who are in this. We'll call it CTE because I don't know what it is. Computer technology, okay. something or other. Yeah. And they're the people that are designing the thing. And then the final person is a woman in cosmetology, a young girl in cosmetology. Mm-hmm. And she's adding the color. She's adding the style. So I have Jeremiah, who's the you leader. You go to the L'Oreal website, by the way. It's fascinating. It's beautiful. It's well done. It's tasteful. That's what she'll lend to your project. She could very well. Yeah. 
I, I have a I have a, a story about L'Oreal. If you want to hear it, go ahead. Uh, L'Oreal is now owned Times by the of Marita. Yeah, yeah. You, we got like three minutes. All right, go ahead. Yeah, L'Oreal is L'Oreal is owned by the people who own the sunglass. Used to own the sunglass hut. Yes, you told me that last yeah, week. Yeah. So yeah. and they have. Why a, we were we talking about the same thing two yeah, weeks in a row? Yeah, I know. I don't uh, know. They have a forty thousand square foot home and three giant yachts. That's why we were talking. Yeah, about. Is exactly. it in Rhode Island. Yeah, no, no, in Miami or Fort oh. Lauderdale or somewhere down that way, but. Yeah, Actually, so. the uh, wife of my best childhood friend is like um, second in command in L'Oreal. Really? Wide, really? Uh, yeah. She lives right outside New York City. Well, she she ought to go and visit them at their 40,000 square foot home in there. Fort Probably Lauderdale. I haven't or, talked to her in a while. Or one of their three yachts, yeah. small, medium, and large. Yep. 90, 120, and 150. That's the difference. If I had one of those, I would calling it a yacht. A yacht? A yacht. Yeah. yeah. If I if I had one of those, I don't think I'd have three of them. I think there's some over there, right? Yeah, I think yeah, not not that big. Not not that not big. that big. Yeah. Yeah. There was apparently three thousand dollars a night to tie it up, by the way. How come you have a bicep on your shirt? Your bicep. That's me. Oh, it's, a cape. it's a cape, yeah. Oh, it looks like yeah. someone pumping. No, it's a, it's my it's my custom made shirt. I lift things up and put them down. That's my custom made shirt. It says the tiki bar is open. Oh really? Is that yeah. What yeah. yeah. So you're too far away. Boy, this, boy, tell us Memorial Day weekend. Really? Yeah. You know, and this is a good time to remind people as they're, you know, enjoying the Memorial Day weekend to take a minute out and remember what Memorial Day is all about. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, just kind of think about that for a minute. You know, every time I hear a commercial, it says, hey, celebrate Memorial Day. It's like, mm-hmm, kind of, sort of, but, yeah, you know. Well, I mean, it is the unofficial start of, weekend of yeah. the summer and all, but. You're right. I mean, as someone whose you know cousin died in Vietnam, it's always been important for my family. Yeah, you know, because I I was old enough. I was a few years younger than than he was, but I was old enough to know him, remember him, mm. and know the the absolute um, tragedy it is on a family when that happens. Yeah, and yet so. the absolute glory it is to to contribute your all to your country. Right, so, right. So and do it selflessly. So that's what the I just brought the show. Really <laughs> yeah, out. yeah. Thanks. Sorry about that, but that, you're right. That's that's what the weekend is all about. That's why we can have fun. That's why we can take it for granted. That's right. That's right. Because of uh, everybody's uh, every, what everybody did. Well, we have to go so because quick it's, story did, on that. When my dad was in Washington right, with my right. son, Greg, is the piano guy playing in the background? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll yeah. do it fast. <laughs> uh, a couple years ago, when my dad went down, um, my cousin name, my cousin Frank, his name is on the wall. You know, the, the memorial wall. Yeah. My dad wouldn't even go. It was just no. too yeah, too heartbreaking. Yeah. He yeah. wouldn't even go near it. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I'm I'm not an emotional person, but when I went to that wall, you could just feel the emotion mm-hmm. just come over you. So Because yeah. still, people know people that were... Yeah. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And they're rubbing the, the yeah. off yeah. the paper. Yeah. All that stuff. Sorry, piano guy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got to go. The very best in Irish music with Paul Selvin and the Irish Hit Parade coming up next. Uh, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car, and talk to you next week from somewhere, either here or the ICC, one or the other. Together. Yeah. One way or the other. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Piano guy. <laughs>